Hey guys, welcome to True Knows Talk. Jeff here. I don't know if y'all have heard of Anchor, but it's ran by Spotify now. And it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one app or on your desktop. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone and computer. And really, I mean, when hosting on Anchor, you you mean you can distribute your podcast on many platforms. Spotify, Apple, I mean, there's just tons of them, more than I have time to really explain. But the best part about it, really, everything you need is in one place, and it's free. So, guys, go to your app store, download the Anchor FM app, or go online and just put it on your desktop if you got a laptop. Now, I know Chip and Hunter, just like I am, we're ready to kick this thing off. So, y'all can give us the countdown, and we'll see y'all when the show starts. That time again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of True Knowles Talk. As always, Jeff Rains, Hunter Richmond over there. Hunter, how you been this week? Hey, everything is good on my end. You know, excited about the, the happenings at the university between the new coach being announced and the press conference and the way that uh, softball and baseball dealt this weekend, which we'll dive into a little bit more. But it's been a good week. How about you, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, everything's been good this week. Uh, you know, a little crazy, but, you know. The, the the boys and girls, the men and women, done their thing this weekend on the on the diamonds. I mean, I'm kind of happy about that. I mean, right now, it don't look like the boys are doing their thing on the diamond today, as of as of late. But as of today, but you know, it is what it is. You know, no biggie. We'll bounce back. But uh, I mean, speaking of that, I mean, the boys, you know, took down TCU and uh this weekend. Yeah, you got any thoughts on that one? Yeah, I do. You know, it was a, it was a pretty convincing too. And you know, honestly, is it just me or is well, shortest night our baseball team beginning to sort of find a rhythm? You know, I know it's been said time and time before, but our pitching staff really did well this past weekend. You know, and congratulations again to Parker Messick for winning the ACC Pitcher of the Week for the fourth time this season. And I would say that he had an incredible weekend, but with Parker's standards of operations, it was just a routine weekend for him. Uh, you know, in my mind, we came in as an underdog, but we showed that it's not time to give up on FSU baseball just yet. It was unfortunate we weren't able to get that game three in, but I was more than happy to take a two-game sweep. How about you, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, like you said, you know, Friday night, you know, Messick and Albert, you know, led, you know, they just led the Knowles past 
TCU, who was ranked number 10, you know, 10-0 victory. I mean, like you said, I mean, what else can we say about Parker Messick? I mean, Messick ran his scoreless inning streak, you know, at Hauser to, uh, I think it's 28.2 innings, you know, over the past four starts. He uh, tied his career high with 14 strikeouts. His third game this season reaching that mark, actually, you know, he has actually three of the four 14 strikeout games in the whole ACC this season. And over his current scoreless streak, you know, he's only allowed 13 hits, I think two walks, 53 strikeouts. And uh, he leads the country with 116 strikeouts, I believe, on the season. You know, he's had his 12 career uh, double strikeout games, which is very impressive. Um, I mean, earned his fourth ACC. Good shout out to that. Uh, you know, it's always good when you can check your Twitter notifications. Tallahassee's liking your stuff as he does the True Knowles Talk uh, Twitter page. But, I mean, we can talk on and on about Parker's dominance. He just know, makes it so just, casual, like it's just like it's nothing. Yeah, I mean, just, I mean, we could just, I mean, I'm just going to throw some some numbers out there, just how dominant he's been. This season, he's 6-2 and two with a 2.60 ERA. I think he's like 69 uh, innings pitched with only 47 hits, 20 earned runs, 20 runs at all, and 12 walks. You know, but then you want to look at, you know, look at his dominance just at, at Hauser. You know, against Duke, zero earned runs, seven innings, 14 Ks. Then come in Notre Dame, you know, 11 Ks, two hits, no earned runs. Louisville comes in, I think it's like 14 Ks, six point six. Two-thirds inning, no runs, you know, and TCU, you know, 10 nothing. I mean, that tells you right there. He had 14 Ks and, and you know, zero earned runs. I mean, very, very dominant and a, a very good performance, really. But, um, you know, that was game one. Game two, you know, really the home runs pushed it for us on that one. And then a good bullpen by uh, Wyatt Crowell. And really, Crowell come in behind Montgomery and uh, pitched a good second half of that game and really, really re the reason we won that one, really Mize was his dominant pitching. So, uh, I mean, what you, what do you think about game two on that one? Yeah, like you said, you know, the bullpen, they did really well. Um, the bats were hot, lots of lots of home runs. You know, it, it was just – it was – I don't want to say a better performance in the first game, but it was on the same level as the first game, you know, as far as hitting goes. And like I said, it just – short of tonight, it really does seem like we may be starting to get into that rhythm again and, you know, begin to start turning things in the right direction. So, you know, like I'm holding out on us. You know, we're back in the top 25 again. It's been a minute. Um, it's just been a roller coaster of a season. And I, I really hope that we've went down the first big hill and now we're coming up the second one. So I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. And, we got Miami this weekend, right? Uh, no. This weekend we got Boston College. You're right. I did jump ahead of myself in Boston so. College. Then, yep. Then next weekend we got Miami. Um, which Boston College? I'll be honest with you. Uh, I want to say they're it's, it. That one right there should be an easy one. I think they're like seventeen and. Something like that. They they've lost more than they've won. I can tell you that much. Um, but I mean, you want to talk about the boys here lately? I mean, 
I'm just going to throw some stats and some things over the weekend that, that happened, you know, just some quick little notes. Um, you know, Messick and Dunn uh, combined for 19 strikeouts, and that was setting a school record for most strikeouts in a game without a walk this past uh, week. You know, Reese Albert, who's been uh, really – I mean, he's been tearing it up here, here lately. I know he was out – I want to say Reese was out the third game, which it don't matter because it didn't matter anyway. I think they said, um, yeah, Reese Albert took a baseball off the ankle or something during warm-ups, during batting practice and couldn't play. Um, Crow Albert was uh, – no, it was carry-on was out the third game also with a stomach bug. But um, when Albert's in, you know, he's, he's swinging a, a very hot bat. Uh, he had three hits this past, you know, in uh, – I want to say it's game one, which ties his career high. He also had five RBIs. The last time he had five RBIs, which was, I believe, game one, was against NC State. You know, then you take Toral in game one, you know, hit his team best 12th home run. Would be 13, you know, this past weekend if the Sunday game counted because he hit a moonshot. But he also leads FSU with, I think, 36 RBIs. You know, I think, you know, we fixed the plate discipline. You know, Jamie Ferry, you know, got walked three times. So that's something we talked about, you know with plate discipline and all that and being just able to find your pitch and all that, which whatever one, and it looked like, especially Friday night, we, we were, we were zoned in on, on a TC pitcher, but, uh, talking about that, but, um, James, Tibbs, I think he hit his ninth home run of the year, you know, and he's now reached base safely in 29 of his 30 starts and that, and he also leads FSU with a 3.28 batting average. So, that just tells you right there, our bats are warming up. Yeah, they may not be warming up tonight down, you know, in, when we're playing Stetson, you know, the old Hatters. But, you know, we're going to – we're getting there. It's – yeah, we wanted it to happen earlier in the season, but I'd rather us take a little loss tonight, sweep in – or Boston College. I want to say we got Jacksonville next uh, Tuesday in a doubleheader at home. And then we welcome Miami, I want to say, and that's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a good um, series. That That is going to be a good series, especially that Friday night game. Oh, I, mean, yeah. I really want to see uh, Parker battle them. But um, something here, you know, Roberts and Tibbs hit, you know, back-to-back home runs this weekend. That's the second time the pair has gone back-to-back. And the fourth time for FSU this year that, that somebody's went back-to-back. So, I mean – like I said, the bats are hitting. Uh, carry on, you know, just to tell you something, uh, you know, Jordan carry on. I think he was, he's a transfer from the University of Florida. He struggled the first part of the year, but um, he he's in a uh, 10 game hitting streak right now. And over his last 12 games, he's hitting uh, 477 just in those games uh, with 14 runs, nine RBIs, five doubles, a home run. Nine walks. I think he's got like two stolen bases. Um, you know, his average for the season has jumped from a two two oh nine, I believe, to a two ninety five in that span. So the production from him and the production from everything else, you know, is very, it's very enlightening. Very just makes me happy. Makes me kind of hungry to watch him. And uh, this weekend's, you know, sweep will say over TCU, you know, Florida State's won seven straight games against top 25 opponents. You know, they beat Florida, the Swamp Lizards, you know, Louisville, Georgia Southern, 
the two, you know, but like we said, you know, we got we got the Hatters tonight, and it don't look promised in there. Last time we was there, I want to say it was the 17 inning or 12, 17 inning, whatever it was, marathon. Yeah, so yeah 17, yeah, 17 inning, yeah. Then we, yeah. I mean, in that one, I mean, Carson Montgomery, you know, he had 13 strikeouts. So, I mean, that was, that was decent. But, I mean, then this weekend, we traveled to Boston. You know, the like I said, I think they – I thought about it. You know, I think they're like 17-28. And they're 4-20 and 20 in conference play. You know, so this could be a possibly week five as ACC pitcher of the week for Parker Messick after Friday, I believe. So be very true. But that's, that's enough about the boys, you know. That's enough about the boys, Hunter. You know. They're going to do their thing. They're going to get back on track. You know, the softball girls, though, the old girls, week, they they just – Week in and week, week out. by week by week by week. Just, just I'm telling you, uh, Coach Lonnie's got them just like a – like just oiled up like a fine-tuned machine, you know. I mean, you was yeah, at the she, game. You go to all of them. What was, your, what was your outlook on them? You know, I – just want to say hats off to both the softball team and the baseball team for having a great outing this past weekend. You know, um, Lady Knowles they had a tough test come into town with the Oklahoma State Cowgirls, but proved they were up to it. You know, I was there for both games, and I found myself thinking frequently, "Man, this is this is really Oklahoma City ball, and I'm here to enjoy it." You know, and uh, how you know, hats off to the Cowgirls. They fell in two very close games, with scored a two to one each time. You know, the series was full of excitement from the regular superstars making plays on both offense and defense to Chloe Culp getting her first home run of the season, which honestly surprised her more than anyone that it went over the fence. And then you couple that with the Sports Center number four play by Josie Muffley and two more plays that it could have been Sports Center top tens by, you know, Kaylee Mudge. And you had a great weekend to be at Joanne Graff Field. Um, you know, tomorrow night at seven o'clock, we take on the Gators here at home in the last home game of the regular season. And, uh, well, thank God we're not broadcasting after that one because I know I won't have a voice tomorrow night. So, yeah, I mean, did you see the uh, the play that that Cheryl had? I want to say was it game one or game two? I want to say game. You talking one. about a third base? Yes. Yeah, where she picked the girl. Yeah, I seen that. That. Yes, that I'm telling you something. It's all around with that with that group, and I mean, what else can you say about them? I mean. There, there was four plays Honestly, where they could have been sports in our top ten this weekend. They should have been one, two, three, and four. Absolutely, to be honest with you. But um, you know, I mean, there. What else? I mean, can you say about them? I mean, I just wish that we could rub, the girls could rub off, and I say that not, you know, literally, but kind of. You wish they go to bat and practice and field and practice with the boys and show them how it's done. Yes. It's it's like my lord, and I know one thing. Um, the girl that hit her home run, Chloe um, Colt. I was listening to, um, yep, I was listening to Wake Up War Chant this morning, and yes, I listened to him. But um, Corey Clark on there said that he had talked to uh, Coach Lonnie about it, and Lonnie, you know, they don't use analytics in college softball because they're really in a pro softball league. I believe there should be. There should be, you know, but. There's not, so there's really not analytics like in men's baseball. And he said something like he, him and Lonnie was at the uh, batting cages watching her hit and said, I wish she could see how good she is 
or believed she was as good as I know she is. And that right there tells you, you know, the confidence in her because I think she only had like a like a sub 100 batting average this year. And to come yeah. in and basically win win that game, I mean, it was her, her home run that put us ahead. I mean, but the girls are just – I just can't wait until – Till regionals and super regionals, really. So just bringing that see, uh, bringing that up. Um, sorry. So bringing up supers and uh, the regionals. Jeremy Martin actually asked a question. He said, "So we can host a regional super regional game?" Uh, yes, we can. I don't see any reason why we why we won't be hosting regionals. Um, super regional should be the same as well. Just depends on how the regionals go. If we win it or not, which I believe we will. But yes, I did get an email uh, yesterday about. Uh, reserving tickets for regionals and super regionals. So if if it's our you know if it's our field that gets played on then there'll be tickets and you know the burn will be waiting on you Jeremy so yeah I mean I believe we'll I believe there'll be a lot more softball played at uh Joe and Graf especially you know after the ACC tournament. You know and where is the ACC tournament played at? Um one second, I can tell you. I just looked at it. It is at uh, – it's in Pittsburgh. Is it? Yeah. Is that where they have it every year? I don't know if it's there every year, if it rotates. I, I, I want to say that I think it is in Pittsburgh, though. I think they should have it at your best best team's facility. Yeah. Because that would be something to what you know, for, for us to host it and watch like Virginia Tech play Miami and all that. I mean that'd be for a good oh, yeah. weekend of softball. So, but um, moving on. I mean the girls are just dominant as ever. But um, I think we had a, I think we had some some fan questions, didn't we? Some topics that we wanted to get to. Yeah, we did. Uh, do you have a graphic form or no? Uh, yeah, I do actually. Um, okay. But just the next one. Well, not a real graphic, but we got like a little thing to go up there. Um, you know, who will be the most improved player by the season in offense and defense? And I believe that was asked by Miss Carroll. Mm-hmm. Sure uh, I'll was. let you take that one first. Yeah. So, Miss Carroll, thank you for the question. That, that was a good question I had to think about a little bit because there's, you know, so much room for improvement when it comes to our football program. But for me personally, I want to see more improvement from the wide receivers offensively. You know, honestly, nothing grinds me more than when a player whose hands touched the ball and he doesn't make the play. Granted, there are 50-50 balls, and that's the thing. But last season, I feel like we had way too many drop balls. You know, drop balls, they can kill a drive and not give your defense enough time to rest and make adjustments for you to be back on the field again. And specifically in the wide receiver room, not necessarily because he's done anything wrong, but just because he's been battling injuries, I want to see uh, Keyshawn Helton be the one who improves the most and, you know, show that uh, awesome playmaker ability that he possesses. I agree with that. I mean, Keyshawn was – when Keyshawn's healthy, Keyshawn's in the slot Deadly. position. Keyshawn is a dangerous – is a dangerous weapon to have. I think, you know, you got to look at it. I mean, we're returning 85% of our offense. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, I'm, I'm going to carry on. We're going to – you know, I'll, you said you're offensive player. Um, you know, I think we – it would be a great year this year, you know, to see improvement. But, I mean, if I had to pick just one, I'm going with Malik McClain. You mentioned the wide receivers. I like Malik. You know, his freshman year this past year, you know, he gave us glimpses 
of his potential a lot last season. Um, he had his first touchdown against North Carolina. Um, but I think full offseason under his belt, along with Coach Orms in the strength and conditioning program, he can break out, you know, this next season. You know, he's coming off, I think, 16 catches um, for 190 yards. And that was a true freshman. I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, I think oh, scary, scary Terry or whatever they used to call him didn't even have that his last couple of years. Um, he didn't do much. Uh, he started nine of his, you know, nine of the 12 games. He played in all 12. Um, you know, he's, I think he scored touchdowns, um, including, you know, the contested fade route against Boston College, which that was a good one. It was very his fault. But, um, you know, McLean does have that. But like you said, the receivers, there's other quality pass catchers in that receiver room, you know, that's going to compete for targets. Um, you know, Johnny Wilson, um, I can't think of him, but I mean, McLean, you know, he has the prototypical size. He's six foot four. Um, he could be a number one target on the outside. He showed the capability to catch short to intermediate passes. And really he's, he's got some speed, you know, in his first game against Notre Dame, you know, he beat his defender on, I want to say it was a mesh concept route underneath and gained 21 yards just on that, uh, on a similar play against UMass, which it was UMass. I mean, I was ready to leave after the second quarter. You know, he became free on a mesh concept again, caught a pass underneath, took it 51 yards. And uh, I really believe, you know, he's got what it takes. And with his size and ability, I mean, Malik McLean's mind, he can win that 50-50 ball for you majority of the time just because of his size and all that. So what about your uh, – what about your defensive player? Well, I got to pause it for just a second because Miss Carroll kind of smirked there for a second. Uh, she made a comment a second ago. She said, wouldn't it be great if Destin Hill finally shows up and makes the wide receiver group better instantaneously? Miss Carroll, we have milk cartons out with photos sure. wanting to know where this boy is at. So you you were joining our calls right now. And uh, she also said that Pittman's her choice to make a huge difference currently. So, Yes. Uh, speaking on Destin Hill, I was um, – I, I watch all my stuff. I read all my insider stuff. I go on War Chance. Uh, knows 24-7, all that stuff. Um, Michael Langston said that, you know, he's optimistic, which I am too. I'm, I'm just like anybody. I love looking at the recruiting stuff. I'm optimistic. I watched it when he, when he, you know, announced. When he gets here, he'll get here. He's two years removed, so what's he going to be really? But from what Langston said, his sources was every time that they go to that area, I want to say, where's he at, Louisiana? Yeah, I think so. Uh, they go visit him. They go visit his family and all that. Um, that, and make sure he's still buying in and, and on the way. I mean, everybody's expecting him here this summer. And I know Norvell said that um, this summer he expects to gain seven to ten more players, you know, coming in from the portal and, you know, recruits. So, and I can't see it on my end, but, uh, Somebody put scary Terry needed discipline that wasn't supported under Taggart. That is very true. Uh, can you see who, who put that one on there, Hunter? Yeah, that was my daddy-in-law, Gary. And he also uh, he also said on here that LSU is favored by three and a half and, you know, the too early to call uh, selections and wants yeah. to know how we feel about that. Uh, I'll take that three and a half. I'll take that three. It's nothing like, you know, 
I'll take that three and a half and I'll put it on a hand grenade down there on Bourbon Street because I think there's going to be some crying, you know, Bayou Kitties that night. I, I won't be wearing my Florida State stuff walking down Bourbon Street that night. I've watched too much uh, First 48 to know that that's that's crazy. Down so there. It's still kind of cool in September, right? I can just get a jacket on and zip it up. So, but anyways, you know, moving on to yeah, – uh, I mean, Go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish off. I'm going to say, well, you know, moving on to the, uh, ahead, the second man. part of Ms. Carroll's question about the defense, you know, defensively, I want to see Akeem Dent improve on his, you know, his skills and his defense. You know, it's not that he's doing anything horrible, but I just want to be able to fine tune his skills and really become an elite maker, a playmaker that he can be. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I read an article where Dent's projected to go in the first round of 2023 draft. And, you know, this season coming up, he can really justify why he should be taken there and, you know, go on to the pros and make the big money like old uh, Jermaine Johnson's doing now. So, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Dent shows flashes. And I agree with that. He shows flashes, then he shows flashes on where he needs to improve. And I agree with that. He, he is, but I've got another defensive back, um, Kevin Knowles. And Kevin Knowles showed flashes last year but I mean, just like McLean, you know he saw heavy action as a true freshman started i think seven games appeared in all 12. i mean as a true freshman he totaled 26 tackles 15 solos um two pass breakups i want to say i don't think he had an interception but if the ball was around him he was flying to it um i think in the in the win against north carolina uh they went on it uh, on fourth and goal, I think it was, and Knowles is the one who made the diving play in the corner of the end zone to break up the touchdown. Um, he's not afraid to come into the box, tackle, and he'll lay a lick. That's what I like about him. Uh, he led all defensive backs against Boston College with seven tackles, and I finished with five tackles against Miami, uh, which I think is the fourth most of any Knowles against the Hurricanes. Um, Knowles, I mean – he set up to win the nickel roll and start, you know, to start the, the season there. You know, as he gains more experience and more confidence, is, I believe he's going to be a defensive back roll and probably in the country. He's, to be honest with you, he'll probably – I see him. He could be probably one of our future first-round picks in that one. But, I mean, the defensive side, like I said earlier, offensively we're returning, I think it was like 80 – 84% or 85%, we're returning 84% on defense. So that tells you right there, this core group is come together, and that's something we ain't had in a while, is that much return. And when I say hungry, I'm talking about like Jermaine Johnson wanting to get after a quarterback hungry. So I'm excited. Miss Carroll, that was a good topic and good good question. Um, but I'm for the first time in a long time, I'm excited about really game one, but game two and game three and game four, you know, every game. And I know later on, me and you are going to break down and do our season predictions, probably, you know, closer to the start of the season. But I was looking on there and there's, there's really no game on there. That's not for Florida state. You're correct. Yeah. So, because, I mean, I you, think, know, even uh, you look at, you know, you know, the former powerhouses of LSU and, you know, your Clemsons, 
they're questionable right now. They, they're truly questionable at what level they're going to be playing at. And even Florida, too. You know, Florida wasn't bad under Mullen. Uh, but the new coach coming in, you know, they're, they're, they're quarterback one, basically transferring out, entering the portal. And then, you know, it's it's going to be interesting. You know, I think a few games in we'll get to really see what these teams are made of. And, you know, the same with Miami, too. You know, Miami is always the uh, the preseason number one when it comes to being in the ACC, and they always fall flat. But well, you know, it's it's exciting to see what Cristobal can do down there, and you know, Florida's new coach. And I don't know, I'm fired up and ready for it. I'm ready. I, I want them to be good. That way, whenever we beat them, we look even better. Well, the the thing is though, and I was looking on, I think it was Parker and Durham. Miami returns about the same amount defensively as we do. So that's going to be a good matchup. Clemson only returns 50% of their defense. From Does last that include year. a coordinator or not? They wasn't a good defense last year. No, no, he's gone to. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, um, but really, I mean, I, I got one thing to ask you. Is it me or is Miami fans almost like Dallas Cowboy fans? Every year preseason, Dallas is winning the Super Bowl. Every year well, I mean, preseason, Miami's winning the ACC and the national championship. Well, you could throw UNC into the mix too because, you know, Mac Brown's always the preseason uh, coach of the year. So, I mean, it's three delusional fan bases. So, yeah. Yeah. But I think, I mean, we got another one. We got another fan, uh, fan question. And it was uh, if Coach Norvell was to leave or be let go, would FSU target Deion Sanders or Hugh Freeze? I mean, Hunter, I mean, if Norvell – I don't even really want to think about that, really, because, I mean – I don't either. You know, I mean, what coach should replace Mike? I mean, what about – I mean, Kelly Norvall. You heard about him? Uh-uh. Kelly's Mike's middle name. So really, I believe oh. you know we got the guy, you know yeah. Kelly's Mike's middle name, but you know Dion to me has not been proven, you know he's not a proven, he's not a proven coach. Yeah, he had success in high school with a, I want to say it was Texas Christian or whatever it was, um, Trinity Christian, Trinity, yep. but that's a high school that yeah that can recruit players in, and he had it like he had his whole team from Jackson State there almost. You know, and then you look at, you know, Hugh Freeze. I think Hugh, he's at Liberty, I want to say. He just signed a big-time extension. So I don't see him leaving, you know, because it would still be a rebuild for Florida State if either one of them was to come. And honestly, I believe Dion, Dion selling these players at Jackson State in my eyes, and, you know, it's nothing against Dion. He's primetime. He's selling them kids – on something that really it's like it's like water in a in a in a washing basket with holes i mean travis hunter i mean how good is travis hunter going to get against kids that is just a step above high school yeah exactly you know and then the coleman receiver how good is he going to get with just when you're playing defensive backs from alabama state you know or louisiana monroe you know, when you had the chance to come to Florida State and play defensive backs against Clemson, Miami, you know, and tw- honestly, in Hunter and Coleman's sophomore, 
junior year, we play, I want to say, Alabama that year, first game. You know, I think 2025 we play Alabama. 2026 we play, I think it's Alabama, Alabama, and then we play Georgia back-to-back. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're building that. But, I mean, Dion, Dion, I just – I'm not sold on him. He's really not been that impressive really to me at, at Jackson State. You know, he got blew out in the bowl game, and then everything was really close except for get teams that only won one or two games in the HBCU, really. And then Hugh Freeze, I don't, I don't see him leaving. But uh, what about you? I mean, well, you know, would would FSU try to hire Dion or Hugh, and would they get rid of Mike? So. So it's a loaded question. It has a lot of angles to it. You know, personally, I don't think we'll lose Norvell at the end of the season. You know, I know after Willie got fired, the 21 games as a standards post was everywhere. And I, I really think that bit FSU, you know, that the reason I don't think we'll lose Norvell is because we see now that we have to give somebody a chance. You know, you, you take a coach like Freeze, who I'm sure would love to come back to a power five football or power five football and then, um, you look at uh, the same thing with Dion. You know, they'd love to come coach Power 5 football. But it's difficult to find someone to replace a man who hasn't had a chance to prove himself. I mean, you, you can't just continue to get coaches in with a year or two under their belt and say, you know what, hey, look, they haven't filled the cover back up with, with talent, and, you know, we're not ready to get one national championship. And that, that, that has to be over with because, number one, I don't think we have the uh, – I don't think we have the money to do it with paying Slick Willie off and everything else. Um, so with Freeze, I don't think we'd hire him strictly do the dirty laundry he has from Ole Miss. Um, Dion, maybe. You know, he was a great player for the Knowles, and I know that he'd be a fan, sort of a fan favorite. A lot of fans do have mixed opinions on him, but I don't know, maybe. You know, he, he's going to step up to Power 5 eventually, and I'm, I'm sure he'd like to do it here. Um but I think really and truly, if we get rid of Coach Norvell, we have to do something like what LSU did and go after a proven coach like Brian Kelly or even like what A&M did. You know, they fired a coach. He was doing just fine to get Jimbo over there. So if if we do decide to step away from Norvell, we need to find someone who has a proven winning record and, you know, knows what they're doing, not not continue to take chances on the, you know, the, the guy down here because his contract's going to be cheaper. So that's my opinion on that. I mean, Jeremy Martin put, you know, I thought Willie Taggart was already paid off. He's not. Uh, the $17 million was his buyout. And I think we're still hitting that. But um, really, I mean, I'm, people don't know this, but, you know, Dion just went and finished his degree so he could be a college coach. Exactly. That was a big thing. That was a big thing with not hiring him was everyone was all mad about it. Why did we hire Dion? Why would we give him a chance? Because he didn't finish his degree. He didn't meet the requirements to be the coach here. It's just that simple. If he would have finished his degree, they probably would have given him a shot. He he didn't do a Jameis and finish his degree, even though it took seven years. At least he did it. Yep. But, I mean, really, I mean, I'm going to say this. If we was to replace Mike, and I'm going to say, I'm going to throw this name out. It's going to surprise some people. A, I think, you know, I'm going to give two names, really. I believe it's time to give Odell a chance. 
if Mike Norvell was to be fired. Give him the reins. He loves Florida State. He bleeds going in gold. But really, if I'm having to choose somebody really to replace, you know, and like I said, I'm going to throw this name out. It's going to surprise people. It would be Bama's offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien. You know, he joined Saban's staff in 2021. You know, he, he had to refill the cupboard, really. He's not just connected to Nick Saban. He coached, I think, in the 2000s and up to like – before he went to Penn State, he was on the staff and I think uh, offensive coordinator or co-offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach for the New England Patriots under Bilicek. So right there, that's two coaching names right there that – that can that yeah on your resume will get you hired but then you you couple that in with he's been a, a nfl gm he's been an nfl head coach he knows really i mean if you watch alabama's offense the past few years especially receivers and quarterbacks i mean he's phenomenal with them but i believe you know something like that somebody that can come in that knows both sides nfl and college would make i mean look at nick saban nick saban Yes, he was successful that one season at LSU, got him hired at Miami. He done, what, I think three or four years at Miami with the Dolphins, came to Bama in 09, and it's been off to the races since because he knew how to build a college program in the image of an NFL franchise, and that's what he has done. And that's who I think. I think go out there, get snatch somebody, as long as it ain't Charles Kelly, snatch anybody off Saban's uh, – coaching staff like i said except charles kelly and bring them in and i think we it would turn around you know even you know that's only if mike if norvell was be let go but i think norvell we've got the right guy i think norvell's gonna get it done look at the improvement year by year since willie you know 20 you know yeah. well since jimbo you know look at the improvement every year you know we we faltered in with willie it took a year year and a half really you know it took that first year and the first four games of this past season and we we won five of our last seven games this past year that says something so but that was a good topic and uh we look forward to other topics from the from the members i mean that's that's actually makes us be more in tune with with the knolls Absolutely. Um, Hunter, I mean, any final thoughts? Yeah, give me one second real quick. Let me look at this real quick just to just to give an update. No, I don't even want to hear it. Anyways, uh, Florida State baseball team fell 6 to nothing against Stetson this evening, which is rather unfortunate. But tomorrow night we have the, uh, the Sunshine Showdown in Tallahassee between the uh, number three – Florida State Seminole softball team and number 11, uh, Lady Gators. So hopefully we can do what we did in Gainesville and come out with a win and go finish up our last series in ACC play, and we'll do it again next week. So, yeah, Laying the spear to a lot, Lizard. There you go. But uh, I do got a final thought. If any of y'all members out there ever get a wild hair up your rear end to go try the Pepsi Nitros. We're not sponsored, by not the way. Not sponsored. Trust me, I would throw – they would – no. If you like flat Pepsi, go go try it. Uh, other than popping the tap and some weird sound coming out, that is the worst drink known to man. 
other than straight black coffee. <laughs> That's horrible. No, that I see where you horrible. posted that. And I was like, you know what? If he says it's good, I'm going to go get one. I'm glad you told me, no, it's not good. No, it is horrible. The worst thing I've ever drank in my life. And I've drank, I've drank straight moonshine before. So, I mean, that's horrible. But other than that, guys, you know, like every week we enjoyed it, guys. Uh, continue, you know. Go oh, YouTube. Jeff, one more thing. One more thing. Oh, yep, you're right. Yeah, go ahead. We do have a big announcement. In the upcoming days, maybe a week, we will be releasing and publishing the True Knowles Talk website. I'll put the link on the group page. Go on there, give it a look, and see what it's about. Um, there's some things on there. Subscribe. We've got links to our Twitter, our YouTube, other stuff like that. Um, if you want to help, I'm going to say there's actually a donation button I put on there in case y'all, some of y'all want to donate a, a little bit to to help us better some things, get the name out there, and make this bigger and better than what it already is. Um, but we have a website coming out. Um, Hunter is uh, going to be posting blogs on there, some articles he's writing. So am I. Um, so y'all just go go give that a look. I mean, that's our big announcement. And um, other than that, guys, you know, go hit the like button, the subscribe button on YouTube. Keep following us in the group. Don't don't focus on the trolls that we've had here lately. And uh, go Knowles. Twenty-five, twenty, fifteen, ten.